Vince Murata. Join us Thursday. Newsmakers Week continues with some of the biggest names in Valley sports, including Cardinals GM Monty Fort, Josh Bartlestein from the Suns, Derek Hall from the D-backs, and Jerry Colangelo. It starts at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back in. 5 o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. As always, we appreciate it. Diamondbacks, they open up their Cactus League schedule later on this week. You and I are going to be out there, I think, next Tuesday. Doing the show live from Salt River always Fields. Love, always love doing the show Always look there. forward to that. Always look forward to that. Great crowd, great guests. Just nice being outside, nice being with the Diamondbacks. And, of course, this year, everything's different, right? Everything just kind of tastes a little different with the Diamondbacks. And certainly, we're treating it a little bit differently because they went to the World Series. And because they've got a superstar. Corbin Carroll's star has ascended. Maybe not as high as it's going to go over the course of his career because we're just catching it at the beginning. But it is very, very obvious if you spend even a little bit of time watching baseball coverage on either MLB Network or ESPN or wherever else that Corbin Carroll is being treated, rightfully so, as a star in this game. Um, The MLB Network right now is putting out its top 100 players in the league right now. They did numbers 11 through 20 yesterday. Corbin Carroll checked in at number 18 number in 18. all of Major League Baseball. Rookie of the year, easily. 25 home runs, 54 stolen bases, batted 285, uh, an all-star. Uh, there's so many great things happened to him last year. So to be 18th right now, it had me thinking. I saw this last night when I was starting to prep for the show last night. I saw this thing with Corbin Carroll, and the first thing it made me think of is, man, all those years that we looked at ESPN, Kelvin Pelton's rankings for Devin Booker. Where did Devin Booker rank in the top 100 NBA players? And Corbin Carroll being at 18, and Devin Booker where he's been over these last couple of years, it made me like almost compare the two of them at where they were. Now, you did the, did the homework, but at 23 years of age, Corbin Carroll was number 18 in baseball. Devin Booker was number 30 in the NBA. Booker eventually got to number 10. Mm-hmm. He broke that. He got to, he got to 10. Could Corbin Carroll get to 10? Could he go higher? What's the limit for him? How far can he go up these rankings? Yeah, it's it's a for what it's worth, Devin Booker um since the year of the bubble, so at the beginning of that season that ended with the Suns in the bubble, Devin Booker went from, this is ESPN.com's NBA ranking players. There are and lots, we talked about it every year. Yeah, it was every year, because most of the time we would talk about it like, man, when's this guy going to get the credit he, he's due? When is he going to move can up? He br- how far he, can he go? Who's he going to jump? How far is he going to go? He went from 30 that year to 17th to 15th to 10th to 11th. Okay, and, and I think we all recognize that Devin Booker right now today is one of the 10 best players in the NBA, 11 best players in the NBA, wherever you want to put him. And Kevin Durant is basically side by side with he's there. He's got to stay there a while. He's not really going anywhere. I, I, could he move up? I think a lot of that depends on what happens in front of him with some of the older players and how much longer they've got. But for now, I think Devin Booker's kind of holding steady at 10. Can Corbin Carroll move up? Well, of course he can. Yeah, he can. It's different, I think, for two reasons. 
I think the biggest reason is in baseball, it's going to be harder to move up because the player pool is just so much bigger, right? In the NBA, you're talking about five starters per team, 30 teams, 150 players to kind of choose from. Baseball is at least twice that when you factor in the pitchers and all the position closers. players, closers. Oh, right. Like if you. Yeah, you're talking about 15 players on each team that could probably get considered. Yeah. You know, nine position players add, you know, four more starters and a closer and a setup guy. You're probably talking, you know, 13, 14, 15 guys per team. And then the yeah, other fifth guy, fifth, fourth and fifth starters probably aren't right. going to so, get so, it. But so take take the closer for each team, their top three starters and their and top eight position players. seven or eight position players. You're, you're doubling you got more the player pool that you're choosing than, from than in the baseball. five starters on every NBA team. So to finish 18th on that list it, it, for as young as Corbin Carroll is, I think is a is a major accomplishment. How can he move up? Well, he can move up because guys in front of him, their skills start to diminish, and he moves up that way. He can also move up because the things that Corbin Carroll did well last year, he can do even better this year. And you and I have identified two things that if Corbin Carroll is going to take another step towards greatness, batting average could get a little higher. Could he, bat, fine. could he bat 300? Could he bat 300? He's it's a great mark in baseball. Yeah, 280-something, which is awesome. Could he be a 300-hitter in Major League Baseball? And the other one's just a little more home run pop. Five more gets you to 30. Yep. It's a big number in baseball. Yeah. 30's a bit. If he hits 300 with 30 homers and 50-plus stolen bases, God, I mean, maybe he breaks into the top 10. I would like to see his ascent over the years compared to Booker. You said Booker went from 30 to 17 to 15 to 10 to 11. Correct. Now, during that time, there were guys he had to pass. When he was 15, Chris Paul was on that list ahead of him. Bradley Beal was ahead of him. James Harden was ahead of him. He's able to pass some of those guys. Steph Curry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they will, you know, I can't wait to see when they unveil, unveil the rest of the list to see what guys are ahead of him. Who are all the players ahead of Corbin Carroll? Who can he pass? Well, because sometimes with older players, you might say, okay, in two to three years, you're going to pass this guy because he's going to slow down. I'm assuming without I, I haven't been following this list very much, but now you've yeah, got Ronald me curious. Acuna is going to be on it. Judge is going to be on it. The Red Sho- Sox. Shohei Otani is going to be on it. Devers. Devers might be. I mean, you know, it's it's. I, I think we, we, if we sat down, we could probably make a list pretty quick of the guys that we think are going to be on this list. I, but I think I think there is also, and I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to you and everybody listening out there. Like we did this with Devin. Booker too for a number of years where we would look at it and go, man, I just don't know if Devin Booker can get much better. And every single year he would find a way to get a little bit better behind to, to the point and, where he got into the top ten. Yeah, and, and I'm not at even, number ten. I'm not even talking about his rankings. I'm just talking about the eye test of watching Devin Booker become a better basketball player. Because at some point you look at him and go, man, he's great. Where's how's he going to improve? And yet every year he finds a way to get a little bit better. He's almost averaging career bests. Across the board, well, especially this assists, season, because he's been more of a point sure, guard. Sure, sure, but even his shooting percentages and his, yeah. and his, you know, all that other stuff, he is having in some ways one of his career best years. There's no reason to think Corbin Carroll can't be that guy too. You know, can't be a guy who, hey, we think Corbin Carroll can't get much better. Oh yeah, watch this. Watch me get better with this. Watch me get better with even more stolen bases, even more power. 
a higher batting average, or whatever the case may be. I think there's a lot of room for Corbin Carroll to grow in terms of his game and the ceiling for him to hit. When Booker first got in, when Booker was at 23 years old, he was 30th on this list. That was a bad basketball team. I think it was 15 games under 500. Mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll breaks out as a top 20 player. Team went to the World Series. How much of a factor is winning as well? Booker, as the team got better and the team had more success, it helped him in the rankings of top NBA players. No debate. No debate. And for the Diamondbacks, it will probably help them for them to continue to be good so Corbin Carroll can still be. But but I, I have been impressed with how quickly baseball has caught on to how good Corbin Carroll is. Like, he, he is... He is recognized as one of the guys, right away. as one of the right away, as one of the bright young stars in this game, um, and, and he is recognized as such. I, I'd say something else, you know, if we're just getting greedy about this, I'd like to see Corbin Carroll's teammates join him, you know, in terms of this ascension. Where I, I haven't been paying attention to the list. I don't know where Zach Allen ended up. I don't know where Mer- did Merrill Kelly end up on the list. Is well, Gabriel Moreno appear on the list at some point in time as the 100 best players in Major League Baseball, right? That's because then you start talking about you're cooking with gas now at this point with other guys joining Corbin on the list. I know that they did a list of the top 20. The the Athletic did a 2024 all under 25 team opening day lineup. Corbin Carroll and Gabriel Moreno were on the list, of course. Yeah. I would think Mar- for I, under twenty five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll look at Moreno. I'll try to find out where. He, maybe we'll talk about Moreno tomorrow and where he was on. Yeah, that I'm list. just curious. I, I haven't seen the complete list, but I, it's great. It's great because you, it's it's like what it's like what Luis Gonzalez said last week about Corbin Carroll. Now, you and I might disagree about whether Corbin Carroll is going to end up being the best player in the history of the organization. Randy Johnson sets a very high bar there, but it is super cool to see everybody rocking a Corbin Carroll jersey, just like everybody rocks a Devin Booker jersey. You know, it's it's that. When you've got that one player that it's easy to identify with and it's easy to kind of idolize, it, it it's, it's okay. a unifying thing. What do you got? I got a thought here. Booker is really popular here. I don't know that he's loved throughout the country. And I think the all-star voting kind of backs that up. It's not that popular in the all-star voting. Can Corbin Carroll be more popular as a player Across the country than Devin Booker is. Um, Just look at the All Star voting. Yeah, like, you know, he, Booker it, should Booker be higher with that. Not. He should he's be not. higher with that. He really struggles with that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Lauren. Just looked it up for me. Moreno was number ninety four on the list of the MLB oh, Top One Hundred. He's going to jump that thing so fast. Yeah, you would think. Good job, Lauren. Thanks for looking that up. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Kellen Olson wrote about it. We talked about it with him earlier here on Burns and Gambo. The Suns, twenty seven games to go. They're good. They're very, very good. If they want to be elite, what are the things we need to see over these last 27 games? We'll run through them. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Luke. The Phoenix Suns return to the court tomorrow night to begin their playoff push. So what will be the key to getting off to a fast start in a loaded conference? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Yeah, tomorrow night against the Dallas Mavericks in what is an important game right out of the shoots for the Phoenix Suns with 27 games to go. The Dallas Mavericks, it's the tiebreaker game. Whoever wins tomorrow will own the season tiebreaker in the three-game series, which could really come into play if the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns end up tied. It could 
literally be the difference between being the sixth seed and being in the play-in tournament in the NBA, depending Dallas, on what happens. Dallas quietly made really good moves at the trade deadline, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more tomorrow, but they've won six in a row, playing good basketball. They get the Suns tomorrow. There's always good matchups there. Luka's an obvious MVP candidate. Uh, Kyrie's healthy now. We didn't see Kyrie the last time the Suns played the Mavericks, and the Suns punked the Mavericks in that game, but there was no Kyrie. So this this should be a fun matchup tomorrow. Yeah, it should be um, between two teams that have an awful lot at stake beyond just the tiebreaker, but certainly the tiebreaker has a lot to do with it. Um, I, I read this story this morning. We had Kellen on earlier in the show, Kellen Olson, our son's guru, um, talking about the the things the Suns can do to kind of take another step, that next step, the things yeah, they need. great article. Yeah, it, it really was. It was, yeah. it was just a bunch of good ideas in there and a bunch of good thoughts. And I'm going to start with one that to me just didn't match up with my own eye test, which is fine. Sometimes my eyes kind of lie to me about stuff like this. They deceive you. I thought things had gotten better in the fourth quarters for the Phoenix Suns. Statistically, they have not gotten better. It's crazy because at times we've seen them kind of play even or win a fourth quarter by a point or two and you kind of feel like, okay, they're making some headway there, but Kellen points out in his article, nope, so, you know, you know, same old, same old. It's gotten worse. It's gotten fact. worse, it's yeah. You know, More just, of the same, bad. 19-7 and seven record that they've got since Christmas. Their offensive and defensive rating in the fourth quarter of those games, of those 26 games they've played since Christmas, they're worse. They're lower than their season numbers. It, 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 it doesn't, that to me does not match up that with does the not test. It doesn't, that does not compute, <laughs> but it's it's there. It's in black and white. The numbers say that it's true. And so once again, why? It, yeah, why? Uh, why? Well, uh, I, I, you, it, you there's no fatigue, right? I, I think fatigue's a factor. These guys have not won a lot of games going away like you would think a team loaded with three superstars are. The Detroit game was a anomaly where they all got to rest in the fourth quarter. That doesn't happen very often. A lot of times we've seen teams come back in the fourth quarter and, and Vogel's got to keep those guys on until the last minute. I think fatigue's a factor, but there are many, many other factors, including, obviously, the turnovers. The turnovers, I think, are a mess. You could talk about the lack of a point guard. We've talked about that a lot. The fatigue factor, as you're talking about, um, the, the mental hurdles that come with it. I, I still, you know, I still am a big believer in that, that if you've, you know, if you look at the quarter by quarter, you know, the Suns have the 10th best net rating in the first quarter, the second best net rating in the second, the second best in the third and the worst in the fourth quarter. That, to me, is mental. That, to me, is, okay, guys, it's fourth quarter. Let's not blow this. Let's not screw this up, especially if they're going to the fourth quarter with a lead, as they often do because they play so well in the second and the third quarter. They go into the fourth quarter with a lead. It's almost like they're playing with a don't blow this mentality, which that puts them in jeopardy of doing exactly that, blowing it. Okay, so that's got to get better. Fourth that's got to get better. Fourth quarters have to get better. Um, it goes without saying... But Kellen said it a little more specifically. They obviously have to stay healthy. But, and I agree with this, at this point, Book could miss a couple games here or there. KD could miss a couple games here or there. And it's not going to impact chemistry. The one guy who's got to be out there is Bradley Beal. He, he's, there's, they still have to figure out the best version of Bradley Beal and him being the best version of himself. And that's going to take, I don't think that's a finished product yet, how Bradley Beal fits into this equation. I think they're still working on it. And I think the fact that he breaks his nose and then he hurts his hamstring and this happens, then that 
it's, it's a little hard. setbacks here and there. You're not getting that continuity that you need with but Bradley Beal. But there were games. There was that one game. I can't remember which one it was because the games all run together with me sometimes. But like the last two minutes and 15 seconds, he scored like four baskets. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like there were times oh, where no you doubt. could see, okay, all right, he might be the guy that could give them some juice in the fourth quarter when they're really struggling. You know, he might be, does a great job of getting to the basket, could still blow by everybody. Um, they've played enough games together now to where I don't have the same. I remember back in November, December, probably more December, you know, how many games is this big three going to play together? How many games do they need to play together? Yeah. And it was, it was, it was we, like, we had that talk a lot. About yeah, that. Yeah, I remember like, we had that talk a lot. Yeah. They've played enough games together. There'll be more games that they play together. So where they get to the playoffs, I'm not worried about them not having the continuity. No, uh, but I would, I would like to see him play a little bit more. Here's another one too. And uh, we talked with Thaddeus Young about this earlier in the show. Explore the small ball a little bit more. And I think they, they really do have the weapons now with Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young to really play them almost like Tori Lovello rolling out a platoon lineup, depending on whether the it's a lefty or a righty that they're facing. The Suns can kind of do the same where if they want to play big. They can play big. They want to play small and put KD at the five. They can do that. Mm-hmm. And they've got the personnel to be able to mix and match almost whatever style they want to play. And I think that is a tremendous weapon that Frank Vogel still needs to tweak and figure out what's the best version of that over these last 27 games. When they came back from 22 down to beat Sacramento, it was incredible to me that Sacramento couldn't punish the Suns with that lineup. Couldn't punish them. They uh, they just could not figure out a way to get Sabonis to uh, physically to dominate Kevin Durant. Physically. Right. You put Kevin Durant and Sabonis next to each other. One guy's a bull in a china shop, and the other guy is tall and lanky. They didn't figure that out. Other teams will. Other teams with size will figure that out. Okay, you want to go small against us? Great. You know, we'll hope that you miss some of these wide-open threes that you're going to get. But we're going to score every time down the court, and you're going to foul us every time down the court because we're going to pound it down low because we've got size and you don't. Yeah. So we'll be interested to see how they do that. Yeah, and and there are obviously some guys in the NBA who are going to make that that dip that that problematic for them, but they do have the personality to kind of mix and match. I think Royce O'Neal is a key guy in that. And then the, the last one is maybe the most important one, and it's just a it's a simple math equation. It, it, and and by that I mean a lot of times the Phoenix Suns are just simply getting outshot. On a lot of nights, yes, the other team is giving up more attempts than than the Suns are. More attempts, more threes, because of the turnovers, because of the offensive rebounds, yep. mm-hmm. because of you know all that sure. stuff, and you're just giving the other team more opportunities to beat you because yeah. they're getting more shots on a night. How many basis. times have you seen the Suns shoot a higher field goal percentage than another team but lose a game because that team had 12 more shots? Yeah. A lot too many turnovers. Way too many times. Yeah, way yep. too many Absolutely. times. Yeah, it it does it does happen a lot. Good article from Kellen. You can find it at ArizonaSports.com. Kevin Durant, he hears you when you say that he's not a leader. He hears you when you say all the things about Kevin Durant, if, especially if you're Charles Barkley. He responded, and he went in-depth, and it's really good, and you're going to want to hear it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey everybody, Dan Bickley here. Day three of Newsmakers is Thursday. Do not miss a minute. Join us at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The show was called The Boardroom, and it was a sit-down interview with Kevin Durant and basically his business partner. 
Um, now, I don't watch much of this show. I think it's on YouTube or, you know, whatever like I've that. I've never watched it before. No, I, I never have either. And, and it's it's clear Kevin Durant has a longstanding relationship with the host of this show. But it was it was very insightful. And, and again, I mentioned this earlier. I'll mention it again. Major kudos to Lauren, because yesterday this came down right in the middle of our show. And she was able, in real time, to find Kevin Durant talking about his style of leadership in the moment when we were talking about Charles Barkley questioning Kevin Durant's ability to lead a basketball team. And it was great because it was like right in the moment. And, and this is what he said, not specifically to Charles Barkley, but just about being overlooked as a leader. I'm, just, I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV like my peers. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. And that's just really what it is. It's like you got to sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough you know and I feel like I don't I mean I don't I don't feel like I need to I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either I don't want people call me a leader but I also want them so to, don't say I'm so not what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well I'm not a leader I am a leader I, I, you know I just think his point is like look you you don't know so like there's a lot of things I do to help the team in leadership ways he clearly listen I've come to really like Kevin Durant I really have like these interviews, him spending 12 minutes with us that day, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the show. I've got, and his game, like we've always loved his game. Yes. But I always feel, and you know this, I always feel like, okay, like everybody out there that's an NBA fan, you don't watch your team play. You watch the Suns play 82 games. You may watch the Lakers play five to seven. Every team, the Celtics, how many? Four or five, the seven. You know, when they play the Suns, you watch them play. And on the occasional night, the Suns are in play. And if you're an NBA fan, you watch a TNT game. When you see a guy over and over again, like we are with Durant, there is this newfound appreciation for just how freaking good he is. Mm-hmm. Now, usually the, the only real expanded look you get at a player is in the playoffs. KD with the Warriors, KD with the Nets, where you get to see him. Okay, I've watched a lot of games in this short amount of time. But, man, having him here where you get to watch him play every day when he's not injured, I, I, I'm i not that I'm astonished that he's a great player. I, I almost... I knew he was great. I almost didn't know he was this great. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not astonished by it, but I am just, I'm so happy he's here. You know, because it, it is a nightly kind of thing. He makes it look so easy. But I also think, like, to that answer about his leadership, he gave this is a longer cut. I'm going to play it, but it's really, really good. Um, this is Kevin Durant kind of talking about, hey, look, when I was younger, I really got caught up in the whole I'm going to be a star in this NBA thing. And now that I'm older, I don't really feel like I have to do that anymore. I don't feel like I want to do that anymore. And I think it's really kind of revealing into Kevin Durant and who he is now as opposed to who he was. No, I kind of like being this right now. Not saying uh, this, not saying what I was in my earlier years was fake because I really was, I really wanted to be a part of the NBA story. Like when you spoke about the NBA, I wanted people to speak about me too. You know, they don't speak about the LeBrons, the D Roses at the time, the Kobe's. I'm like, I'm playing well enough to like, when you talk about the league, you should speak about me too. And I wanted to be that. So like, I wanted to show people more of my personality, my funnier side, my kitty side or what I enjoyed about being in the NBA. I cared about showing the fan bases and the people who followed the league. I cared about showing them that because I thought that's what like, superstar players are supposed to do. 
And over time, it just became exhausting. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm. It's something against like wanting to be that brand or wanting to be out in the public like that. But it's just like I like my own space and I like doing what I'm doing without having any obligations. I like that better. Like you know what I'm saying? I was just that side was fun too. I had a good time and it built and then and then, then there's a foundation for a lot of what we're doing now. But I enjoy just moving how I move right now and I think it's just all the evolution of like you know wearing all black or you know doing one or two commercials every couple years and not being as talkative as we were before but just doing the work behind the scenes I kind of like how we approach this stuff now to this day we still don't know why the lullaby music kicks in in the last 10 seconds like is it somebody's phone is it I'd love to know where that that sound came from sounds like we're rocking somebody to sleep on that one Um, Time to go to bed. Couple thoughts on that. He doesn't. He doesn't sell it. It's exhausting. He doesn't want to do it. I can give you like plenty of examples where not that book is selling it, but he's a lot more outgoing and stuff oh, like that. Oh, you bet. Oh, Devin you bet Booker, he is. Hey, my shoes came out. I'm gonna leave these here. Finders keepers. Sign Devin Booker. Book ones. I'm gonna leave them at the All Star game. I'm gonna leave them in a dark alley. Whoever finds them there, yours. Okay. <laughs> Devin Booker falls down. He gives a fist bump to a baby. National news, Booker fifths bumps the baby. Yeah. Booker's dating Kendall Jenner, for goodness sakes. You know, like there's just a lot of stuff where Book is more out there. Kevin Durant is basically like, that stuff's exhausting. Like, yeah. I don't want to. I did I wanna, that. I, I did all I, that stuff. I don't want to do that stuff I anymore. Want my, I want my time to be my time. He's definitely more of a private person. Yep. And he tried to do it the other way, but it's just not him. It's not who he is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's fine. No, there isn't. And, and, and I, you know, is this. Is this a better version of Kevin Durant? I don't know. Time will tell. You know, the, the the version of him that was winning rings with the Golden State Warriors, the version of him that was taken to the Oklahoma City Thunder to the NBA Finals, that was a pretty good version of Kevin Durant, too. So I, I And, of course, this, this version of Kevin Durant is the older version. But I tell you, he, here's the thing that I think can benefit the Phoenix Suns. If he's not wasting all of his time and energy on building his brand and trying really hard to be a superstar, and he's just going to focus on playing basketball, maybe, just maybe, that will help him be a better basketball player the later he gets into his life and the later he gets into his career. Like we talked, we talked about this last week. Can Kevin Durant have a an this act of his career can it last as long as LeBron James's has? You know, can he? He wants to play into his four. Of those guys want to play into their forties. Yeah, and it, Curry, Durant, LeBron, the big three. And it seems to me that if you got this version of Kevin Durant, and all he really wants to do is play basketball, and he really doesn't care about messing around with brands or trying really hard to be a superstar, just wants to play ball. Just wants to play Fit ball. Fit in, play ball. I think that version of Kevin Durant could play basketball at a high level for a number of years if he wanted to. I a said, number of I years I said this, this to you the other day. Was he got two years left on his deal? Yeah, I think so. And he'll be 37 yes. when the deal ends? Yes, that sounds right. Would you sign him to an extension that takes him to age 38, 39, and 40? I wouldn't rule it out. I certainly wouldn't say no to that right now. I mean, we've got a lot of time to be able to build up some evidence to find out whether the answer would be yes or no. I certainly wouldn't just unequivocally say no to that right now, that it's impossible for it to happen. This season will end. He'll, he's turned, his birthday is like late September. This season will end be 35. Next season, 36, then 37. If when the contract ends, if you want to keep him for three more years, you're gonna t- you pay him pay, you're gonna pay him age 38, 39, and 40. If you give him a four year deal, you're gonna pay him at least 41. Yeah, I, but I'm, again, I wouldn't say no. Would you say no right now? Would you say would no, you rule I, it out and say it just cannot, will not happen? I 
I think one of the most astonishing things in all of sports to me is these players that are able to defy age. I just, I'm not used to it. It didn't happen. Players' primes were, your prime was 28 to 32, and you were done at 35 in all sports when I was a kid. You know, when I was growing up, nobody was that good at 35, 36, 37, 38. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Most guys were out of the league. So to see guys, Steph Curry, 35, Chris Paul, 38, LeBron, 39, KD, 35, playing the way, I'm astonished by it. I think so much has changed over the last 10 years when it comes to physical health, mental health, diet, exercise, sleep, right? Like just all of the things that guys 20 years ago, 30 years ago, travel, pro- travel, probably didn't give a second thought, probably didn't give a second thought to how they were treating themselves in between games. And I think now that we know so much more about that, it's allowed guys to be able to play, maybe not all of them great all late in their careers, but play much later in their careers because they're just taking so much better physical and mental care of themselves than they ever have before. And I definitely, hearing these answers from Kevin Durant makes me think he's he's committed to taking better care of himself right now. And what happened, then what happened to Madison Bumgarner? <laughs> I don't. That it's not his fault. Can't, can't happen to everybody. Can't right. happen to everybody. Texas, right. your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, Thaddeus Young joined us earlier in the show. Small ball five, check. All of the times he was nearly traded to the Phoenix Suns, check. He can pretty much name them year by year. That's coming up on the Birds and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? The games that we're going to watch this evening, and it is brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. Coyotes hockey, Gambo. Can they get can they, this 10-game losing streak? Can they make streak? it 11 in a row? We're not rooting for that. Uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Austin Matthews in town. Yeah, Austin Matthews having an incredible season. Is he going to get his 50th goal tonight? Yeah, we'll Austin see. Matthews has been on fire. I read another story. You sent it, and I was reading it this morning, too, about Austin Matthews and how he... Magical season. A, a magical season mm-hmm. and just his roots here in the Valley and, and how he kind of showed Shane Doan was quoted in it like, man, he's proof. He's proof that you can you can play hockey as a kid in a place like Arizona and go on to have the kind of career that Austin Matthews is. Yeah. He is a local star. It's he's, too bad he plays 4,000 miles away, but he's a local star. He's got 49 goals. He's on pace for 76. Um, it would That would be the fifth most goals in a single season in league history. Alexander McGillney, Phil Esposito, Timo Solani, Timo Solani. obviously Gretzky and Hull. Um, but I got something for you. you. Not that this is on, but you might want to put this in your uh, in your calendar here. Yep. The Ferris Bueller Day Off spinoff film is moving forward with David Katzenberg set to direct. I don't know who David Katzenberg is. The film titled Sam and Victor's Day Off <laughs> will follow the same adventure of the valets who took the Ferrari on a joyride. <laughs> so they're making a movie about the two guys in the valet who drive the Ferrari out of the parking garage uh, and the, what do they do with the car when they're driving around? Yeah. Uh, that they're making a movie with these two guys? Yep. 
God, that's so funny. There it is. That's so funny. Uh, look Fair at this. Bueller spinoff. Sam, Sam and Victor's, Victor's Day, Day off. off. Okay. All right. I didn't even know who Sam and Victor were until you just told me. I'll, I'll go watch. Well, I didn't know what their names were, but I, I remember the guys. Yeah. <laughs> They're professionals, sir. Please. Yeah, those guys. Okay, fine. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah. Uh, we had Thaddeus Young on earlier today, and um, he said, look, part of the reason why I wanted to come to Phoenix was I wanted to be on a playoff team, which is something I haven't been able to do a lot of. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, um, you know, uh, a big factor, you know, um, you know, being in, you know, the time I've been in the league and, and going with a team that has, uh, you know, some veteran experience with a lot of uh, firepower, but a team that I can complement very well to where, you know, um, I'm, I can go out there and, you know, be able to, you know, um, you know, help you know, do the job to get get wins as well as, you know, potentially get help get us to the championship. And he rattled off with near precision some of the trades that almost brought him here. Well, Thaddeus Young is a player we've talked about coming to the Phoenix Suns. Since for, 2014. For nearly 10 years, right? For, yeah. For almost 10 seasons now. And he's like, oh, yeah. I know. There was a, a, a long time ago uh, with the Sixers. Um, I was close to uh, coming to being traded to Phoenix, uh, between Phoenix and Houston. Uh, those trades fell through at the deadline. And then um, um, most recently was with uh, was with the San Antonio Spurs right before I went. Um, you know, I was traded to Toronto. Um, they were talking to San Antonio to try to get a trade going for uh, Dario Sarge. Uh, I want to say like Langston Galloway and and maybe one other player or something like that. Sticks, I think uh, Sticks from uh, yeah, Indiana. The yeah, <laughs> just rattling off the trade. There it there is. I was gonna get traded for Dario <laughs> Langston Galloway. Now let's go back to 2014 for a second. That's the first one he was talking. Jeff about, Hornacek, yeah. 48 wins. Channing Fry. Everybody thought that team was gonna be bad. They won 48 games. They just missed out on the playoffs. That was a great year for Jeff Hornacek and the Suns. Thaddeus Young on that team might have got them over the hump. They finished, what, two games out of the last playoff I think spot, you're right. I, I, think, I didn't look like, it up, but I think, I think you're like, right. They were right there. Went right down to the wire. Thaddeus Young, I don't know what they would have gave up for him, but obviously that was Ryan McDonough as the GM and Jeff Hornacek as the coach, and Jeff did a great job with that team. They won 48 games. The year he was talking about with San Antonio and Toronto, the only thing about that is that you know your boy Dario was good then. Yeah. Like, that was good Dario. That was good Dario. That was Dario, you know, that was Dario finishing games. Dario playing a lot of basketball for the Suns and playing well. So... I you know could could he have helped? Maybe he could have helped. Maybe maybe they win a championship that year. I don't know. But Dario did play a pretty good role oh, for the Suns. Sure. Then. Yeah, until he you know until he blew out his knee. Um, he was he was a key he was key key country. He was one of my favorite. The reason why he was one of my favorite players on that team was because he was so much a glue guy. He was so much a a Ken, He was never a star on that basketball team, and he wasn't always the best player on the floor. But he would usually do the smart right thing on the floor. You know always make all of his shots, and sometimes there were the turnovers, but I, he just was a really good glue guy on that team. Maybe Thaddeus Young can be that guy. One thing he made very clear to us, as a buyout guy, sometimes buyout guys go to a place with the expectation of minutes. Quite frankly, with the promise of minutes, Thaddeus Young said that is not the case with him here. You know, I, I told Frank this, and I told James this, like, 
you know, I'm a, a whatever it takes type guy. So, you know, whatever it takes, you know, if, it, if it's nights where I'm not playing, hey, so be it. I'll figure out other ways to, you know, stay engaged with the game and help guys, uh, young guys on the bench and stuff stay engaged in the game. Um, you know, if, uh, if it's nights where I'm playing, I'm going to give you my all 100% and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help us get that win. So, you know, I'm, I'm a whatever it takes type guy. You know, um, you know, I've... You know, seen a lot of basketball, played a lot of basketball. You know, it's probably two guy, only two guys on the roster <laughs> that's played over a thousand basketball games, and that's probably me and KD. So, you know, like I said, I've seen a lot. You know, and I understand. You know, uh, what the role is and, and what's needed at certain points and times. And you know, um, you know, they're they're giving me you know free will to be able to speak to guys and talk to guys and coach guys up, but also uh, when I'm in the game to be able to you know uh, tell them and give them my thoughts on what I see. Yeah, I, I'm fa- always fascinated by the, the buyout guys because usually the younger guys, especially, they want to guarantee a playing time knowing that, hey, you know, I, I want my next contract. He's an older guy, doesn't care that much. Hey, I just want to pass this note along to you. But we were talking about the Lakers and Golden State. and Yeah, yeah. Fa- they just ruled LeBron out for the game against Golden State tomorrow. Oh, really? With the ankle? LeBron is out for tomorrow night's game against the Warriors. He only played, like, what, eight minutes in the All-Star game on Sunday because yeah. he wanted to be careful with yep. the ankle. He showed up really late. So, yeah, that's that's a big, big Not gonna game Not going to play. That's tomorrow. a big game. Yeah, that's a that's big a game. Big we game. talked about that earlier. Yeah. But LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis is probable. LeBron James is listed as out. Okay. Yeah, the, the post-All-Star break part of the schedule starts tomorrow. We'll We'll find out tomorrow how much Thaddeus Young starts to play. I, you know, I, I don't know if tomorrow will be a true representation of how much he's going to play, but more minutes for Royce O'Neal. Uh, Bradley Beal apparently is questionable for tomorrow's game against the Dallas Mavericks. It sounds like from what I'm reading on Twitter that he's going to still wear the mask, even though he had the nasal procedure done over the break. So we'll see about all of that with the Suns. We are going to, again, but we are going to scoreboard watch like crazy over these last couple of months in the NBA. The West is so tight. Everybody's so packed in that having LeBron not available, it's a, it's a deal, you know? Like, you get a, you follow all these teams and see what they do. Well, let's see, the tiebreakers just... interest me. Because the tie, cause they're sure. so jammed up. The tiebreakers are definitely of interest. Tomorrow's Suns-Mavericks game, the tiebreakers at stake in that game, right? The, the winner of the game wins the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yep, and that could be a big deal. Big Red Rage is coming up next. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We're going to see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.